Yo. <laughs> uh, now the podcast, NBA edition, episode 23. Uh, we're back in this uh, again. <laughs> we just had a little um, technical issue, but we're uh, we're here uh, the day of the finals, about an hour until the game. So we're excited and we're just trying to get into it. We got a few topics we're going to jump into real quick and uh, we'll get this out there before tip off, hopefully. And uh, man, we're about to wrap up this season. So we're doing this. Yeah. Um, Indeed. So I am Panda Vinci, and I be drinking coffee and uh, thinking about uh, better ways to, to record a podcast. <laughs> I'm Karan, and uh, I'd be um, pretty excited about the finals, um, especially with everything that's happening. I'm actually going to be kind of sad once it ends, honestly. I already know that now. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, I'm excited it's here now. Boom, boom. I am Darren, and I also be excited about the NBA Finals. Also excited that this is our Jordan episode, episode number twenty-three. That's kind of two, cool. three. Um, so yeah, yeah. To talk about the finals, man. It's it's exciting. It's finally here. Tight. Gotta enjoy it while it's here. Yeah, man. Kind of came and went this whole bubble situation, and uh, I'd have to give it a A plus so far. And we'll see how these finals go. But uh, real quick, we got some takeaways. Um, just wanted to talk really quick about um, the situation with Delonte West and how Mark Cuban reached out to his family and they were able to find him and get him some help. I guess they're uh, he's well submitting himself into rehab. I mean, that's how it goes. That's really the step you got to take. It has to be, you know, it has to come from you, you know, you have to want help. And that's what they're trying to do. Well, he's got support and that's the main thing, you know, somebody yeah. like Mark Cuban coming out and giving you that support um, is critical. You know, he, as a especially as a, especially as a, a former player, um, I think, you know, Mark sees Delonte as, as somebody that, you know, obviously he cares about, or obviously he wouldn't have done this. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and you don't want to see people out there, out there bad like that. And I think the, the other part of it too, is just like, you know, he's injured, you know, yeah. um, he's an injured ex player. I think, you know, I think that's the way you kind of, you have to think about that too. I mean, you know, I think people think about, you know, old injuries, um, like bad knees and things like that, things that stay with you. But, you know, mental health injuries, brain injuries are still injuries and should be treated as such. Um, Very you know, much. So I think that I think that that's if you think about it that way, it makes more sense now he's going to rehab for an injury, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. It's um... – I think the NBA has come a long way in terms of how they used to stigmatize mental health. Like Ron and I used to always talk about Royce White, who used to play for the Rockets, who was a very talented player, very talented collegiate very, athlete as well. Very um, talented. And, you know, his story was very unfortunate because the NBA wasn't, you know, as open to offering help as, you know, maybe they are today. 
And, you know, late last year, we, you know, kind of found out that Ben Gordon used to play for the Bulls, was a really, really, really great player at UConn, was having similar issues, was also homeless and, you know, kind of got himself together, had a had a network and was able to help him. And he wrote a really great story in the Players' Tribune. But, um, yeah, I'm glad the NBA is better putting systems in place to help these guys. They are injured players. Um, and, yeah, I just think, you know, Delonte West played in the NBA for eight years, from 2004 to 2012. Um, he should have a pension. He should have health care. He should have the things that guys who play in the league for nearly a decade um, should have access to. So I hope they create continue to reform you know, how they help players once they're out of the game because, you know, this could continue to be an issue and I, and I hope they kind of get their, get their hands around it. Yeah. It's something that everyone should have access to. I mean, if you want to be real, I mean, it's, it's, um, right. And there has to be someone, someone has to be willing to reach out and help. I mean, uh, sometimes you, you think some of those people out there, some of them have, you know, mental issues or again, they should all be categorized under health. Right. And it should be taken care of through some kind of system. Uh, it, it would probably make more sense for it to be the government, but uh, there I go. Sound like a socialist, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a health issue. And uh, whether it's mental health or, you know, just being healthy in general, uh, it's uh but, but yeah, it takes someone to, uh, to reach out because you can really feel like hopeless or, you know, alone in that process. So that's, that's just really good news. And, uh, glad, uh, Mark Cuban stepping up for that. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you got a takeaway. Okay. Oh, um, wow. I just, you know, I read this on the way here. Um, with uh, Marcus all choosing to go back. Well, at least, I mean, I don't know if it's confirmed, but it looks like he's going to go back to Spain to finish his career, um, which is interesting. Yeah. And I think appropriate. I mean, I don't think it's bad because I mean, obviously that's where he came from, that he's Spanish. Um, right. I think that he wanted to play in Spain while he could still play. And I think that's important. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I dig it. I think it obviously is he wanted to go back home and play while he was still good and finish his career there. But you think there is um, a political angle to that as well? Um. Hmm. hmm. You know, I. I mean, he was in Toronto, but still. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's a. I, I, I'm, I, what do you think that it might be? Well, I, I mean, the organization that he works for, <laughs> um, you know, is based in the United States. And, and, you know, maybe he doesn't like the politics in the United States. I mean, I wouldn't blame him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, maybe, <laughs> you know, especially given who is, you know, what we got going on here. Um yeah, so that's a good question. You know, I hadn't really thought about it in that <laughs> yeah. in that context. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I mean it, it might be a thing. It might not be a thing. 
I just, you know, I'm choosing to believe that he's going to go. But you know what? Even if he wanted to not play here and be out of the United States for whatever reason, that's his prerogative. Um, you know, I'm looking at some of the the write-ups for him leaving and stuff like that. So I think that it would appear just on the surface here that he wants to go back and play um, while he can still play, which I'm not mad at, you know. Um, You know, he's probably got two good years left left in him, especially playing over there. Um, You know, it's a different – it's more physical, but there are less games. It is at home. Um, it is a different style of basketball, um, and he's going to help whatever whatever team that he joins. Um, they're going to be a contender to win EuroLeague uh, right off the bat, right. whatever team that is. So yeah. um, he's that good of a player, especially in relation to, you know, the relative talent uh, from here to there. Um, you know, here he's probably, you know, he's the top at this point of his career, top, what, 30, 40 player. Yeah. Um, over there, he's going to be a top 15 player over there at this point in his career. So he's going to positively affect whatever team um, that he wants. And also, I'm looking, um, there's something, I'm glad y'all said that. I'm, man, I'm, I'm looking down, I'm, got, I'm looking at this Complex Magazine article, or not that I read Complex, but anyway, either here nor there. Um but I'm looking at this article and a, a, a person, a Muhammad Leela on Twitter posted a picture that he was out on a boat in the Mediterranean before last year's championship um, to rescue drowning migrants at sea. Whoa. Like people trying to get into Spain or wherever yeah. from wherever they came from, usually like North Africa or just African people in general. And he went out into the Mediterranean to help save drowning migrants. So if there's any indication of what type of person Marcus all is, there you go. That should tell you everything you need to know about Marcus all. Yeah. He went out into the Mediterranean and picked up black people out of the water. That's all I think, as far as I I have to say, that's all I got. Wow. That is incredible. Right. Yeah, that's... So maybe, so maybe, maybe the political thing is something. Maybe. You know? That is incredible. Wow. Yeah. He might also want to be involved in in politics locally, too. He might want to get into government in Spain, so... Yeah. Who knows? I think we we tend to take for granted, like... um, and we see things through a certain, you know, lens, obviously, as Americans. And, uh, um, you know, these people are very proud of where they come from and who they are. And um, and I think maybe it will start to trend of people doing that, like, towards the end of their career. Because I know, like, someone like Manu, who was just beloved, you know, down in Argentina, basically gave all of his sweat and blood to the Spurs and, you know, me as a Spurs fan, I appreciate it, but I'm also kind of like, you know, I'm thinking if he wanted to go back down there, like I would be so happy for him, you know, because he's just like, yeah, you know, as far as the country goes, it's, he's one of two to three people, you know, who they kind of look up to in that way. And, uh, you think of Maradona and him and, and Messi. Well, yeah, Messi. So three guys, that's incredible. 
yeah so good for him um i'm sure for it's all for the best intentions and uh yeah that should be great uh darren you got something yes i do actually (laughs) um dion waiters Deion Waiters is in a very advantageous situation in the NBA Finals. Yes. Because he played for the Heat to start the season, and now he plays for the Los Angeles Lakers, no matter who wins the NBA Finals, he is going to be a champion. He's going to get a ring. Yeah. So if his team wins, if his team loses, he still wins. That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> it is. It really is. I, wow. I mean, this is amazing. Like, he's going to get a ring no matter who wins or loses or if he even steps on the court the entire series. And he won't because he's he's not in the line. <laughs> he's not playing. And, and you he's know, not playing. He's probably not going to play, right? He's probably. No, nah, he's not playing. You see that pudge? He's not playing. He's not he like me out there. Hmm. But, you know, the other interesting thing about this, too, aside from getting getting a championship ring, you know, we all know that, um, you know, playoff teams get like a get paid extra. They get like a stipend for making it to the playoffs and then making it to the finals. So each team gets like this stipend pool of me when they make it to the finals. So. It's possible that he can even get money from the Heat if the Lakers lose, because like the stipend pool when you make the, that when you make it that far in the playoffs, it, there's a part of the money that's set aside for like players that are no longer on the team and, and you know staff and trainers and stuff like that. And I think players have to like vote on it. They have to vote to like make him a part of that pool. But there's a possibility that he could not only get a ring, get extra money from the Lakers, but also get extra money from the Heat. <laughs> so he's just coming up all kinds of ways. Dang. And I love it. Well, do you think he's going to spend it on gummies? <laughs> yeah, on the plane right home, he's just going to get paid. You remember how his, how his year started, right? <laughs> oh, he yeah. Got, yeah. He got suspended right. with the... I guess he took too much gummies or something like that, or he just kind of he didn't time it right or something. So he was like, "Yeah, tripping. he didn't time it. He didn't time it right. So they hit they hit the wrong time." Yeah, <laughs> he's had Boy, a weird, he... interesting year, man. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, that's you my. Know, it's gonna hit different up in the air. You know, once you get up in the air, <laughs> that high altitude, it's gonna hit different. Oh, that boy yeah. probably had vertigo or something. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to he tried to get off the plane. I don't know what he, he was doing crazy stuff. I don't know what he was doing, but he was acting like he was like gonna die. Like, oh my god. <laughs> if you look in our archives, you, you can you can find the episode where we were clowning on him <laughs> like early this year. Greatness. Yeah. Uh well good for him, man. That's um that's a good way to you know come out on top. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so, moving right into things. Um, so, Doc Rivers surprisingly got the boot this week. Um, wow. Wow. 
what was it Sunday or something? It was like, just kind of, it's kind of out of nowhere. Um, and you think you would think, uh, cause we talked about it. We thought his job was safe. It kind of made sense for them just to try again. Um, maybe with a few changes, some better chemistry and with his history with the Clippers, I guess we kind of all agreed we didn't see it happening, but yeah, here we are. Yeah. Yeah, I think... uh, I mean, look... Go ahead. No, I'm just wondering, like, the process here, if it comes... I mean, if it's down to just Bomber or... um, Uh, To me, I, I I think... I think Bomber was... I think two things happened here. I think that... Um... I think Doc was on a little bit on a a bit of a a Baltimore specific hot seat mm-hmm. um, because he did not pick Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers came with the team. Okay, right. so mm-hmm. I think he was like, "Well, I don't know if he's my guy," but you was. It seems like he he came onto the team and bought the team in part because Doc was there and he had some stability there. He bought a house um, with a pool. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. For, you know, so you had a, an attractive feature. Yeah. I think the other part of it is, I think, that what I mean about the hot seat part, because he had already blown a 3-1 lead before. Yes. Um, if I'm mis- mistaken, he, did they not blow a 3-1 lead to the Warriors, I want to say, or some team? There was a team. The Rockets? It was something, the Rockets. The Rockets. That's it. Yeah. So there's that. That had already happened before. A team they should have beaten, they did not beat. And then you come to this season, and I think what really did it, I think he saw, okay, well, maybe the Nuggets were just a better team, okay? But let's see how they do against the Lakers. And then they got drummed by the Lakers. So it makes him look at, okay, well, okay. It's not that, it's not that the Lakers were world beaters. You know, they are more or less the team that we were up 3-0. Three on three three one on. We just could not close the deal. Why could we not close the deal? Um, it's the players. It sounds like he talked to them. So if he talked to them, and Doc is no longer there, that would lead me to believe that they were like, nah, you know, he ain't he ain't. Which is interesting, mm. because if you talk to the players and you took them at whatever their word was, why would you? T- so that's interesting to me. Doc has been there for X amount of time. These, if you talk to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they've only been there that year. Yeah. So why would you give them any, you know, so it's like, but maybe you just like, well, I gave up so much for these guys. I need to listen to what they're saying. Ultimately though, I think Ballmer is a, is a um, results guy. He's a business guy. I think he's just about results and he wanted a, a particular result. He owned the team. I don't know who he thinks he can, who's going to do better. Mm-hmm. Um, especially given that they could just kind of move a few pieces around and get better. They could actually conceivably get better than they were this year and, and win a championship and be championship contenders. So I don't know. It, he's, he, Ballmer is his team is whatever, but he's not really a basketball guy. I, I'd right. be real careful about that. Yeah. He's... I mean, he's obviously a tech guy. He's about 
innovation. So a lot of what he's done for the franchise kind of revolves around marketing optics and, you know, strategies for in-game experiences and different things like that. And I think to Karan's point, you know, Doc was inherited. And I think to a degree, from what it sounds like, multiple, you know, reporting sources like ESPN and so forth, that Bomber didn't like the way Doc went about the team. He didn't think that was the way to win. Again, Karan, you know, is absolutely right. Bomber's not a basketball guy, so what does he know about, you know, trading for Paul George and signing Kawhi Leonard and so forth and so on? Um, and, you know, I, it sounds like before the announcement was made on Monday, not only did uh, Bomber talk to different players, but he also had multiple conversations with Doc. And, you know, they just couldn't get on the same page. And, you know, it sounds like even Doc wasn't comfortable continuing to coach the team without Bomber's full support. Um, so it sounds like he was, you know, he knew what was coming, but he was also kind of just backing out anyway because he felt like the team needed more time. And he felt like he communicated that to Bomber. It's like, hey, this isn't a championship year because we don't have the chemistry. We don't have the proper leadership. We still need to build that. These guys haven't played together. They've been hurt. There's COVID. Like, we might not get it done this year. And I think Doc felt kind of shorted because he was very clear and specific in that they needed at least two years to get that thing done. Right, And right. He, he kind of felt like he didn't get the time that he needed with the intentions that he set. And that's the key part. He set his intentions, like, we might not get it done this year. There are a lot of factors here. We might not get it done. Regardless of what the media and everybody else is saying, we need at least a couple years to do this thing. And that's fine. LeBron needed two years in L.A. to get to the finals. That's, that's not some super long timetable to, to give a good coach and your head of basketball operations. Yeah. So, Agreed. So I <sighs> – I don't know. I, I can't speak for the guy. I think we don't really know what's really going on here, but like to hear Paul George say it and to kind of hear you say it as far as um, kind of speaking for Doc, um, that maybe this year they shouldn't have necessarily expected so much. Um, I don't know. You take it. If, if Paul George is saying it like he actually says it, then he you would assume he's on the side of Doc. Um, but it, it's kind of hard to know what's really going on here. So let's say Bomber got rid of him despite what Kawhi or PG thought, right? That is going to do way worse for their chemistry. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, so now we're in a situation where they're not listening to us and they're going to fire the coach that we believe in. Um, that's not going to make anything any better. Right. I, and, you know, right. There's another, in that scenario. But there's another layer to this, too, that, you know, has to do with not really specific to the Clippers, but specific to them in this particular instance. Um, you know, and this was an issue with some other teams, but, you know, we're talking about the Clippers. A lot of these guys didn't want to play, like, after the stoppage. 
So, right. like, Trez was one of those guys. Lou Williams was one of those guys. I think after the stoppage and they knew the season was going to restart, Kawhi and Paul George start texting guys, setting up workouts in the L.A. area and this and that. And, you know, some guys like Lou Williams, they just didn't come. They weren't on board. They weren't really even sure that they wanted to come back and play. Oh, he knew um, where he wanted to be. <laughs> he ex- exactly. He wanted to be somewhere eating wings and watching things. Um, <laughs> but, but I'm just reading a little um, excerpt here from this ESPN article, and it, it, it kind of details this to, to a larger degree, and it says, in a quote, after the season was halted on August 26th, the Clippers again voted on whether to finish season finish the season. This time, they voted no. That wasn't until Rivers summoned um, a late-night team meeting that con- that uh, summoned a late-night team meeting to continue on with the season. Um, so you think back even just to the stoppage when they were already in the bubble. They didn't even want to go back out and play then. So you just had guys that weren't really buying into the season. They just were kind of over it. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how they played. I mean – Every every night you kind of watch them, even including when they played the Lakers for that first game in the bubble. It's like, you know, you, you kind of feel like you're watching a little bit of an underwhelming team, you know, like as far as all the talent they have, you're like, is are they are they going for it? <laughs> you know what I mean? They kind of just had that feeling. Nah, you know what? Them. Nope. Nope. I'm not I reject that. I reject that on the premise. On, on completely. Once okay. you're playing <laughs> They're playing. Yeah. Okay. They yeah. failed. Like the like this. Like I, I'm not gonna give them no out because they didn't have to play, or yeah. they didn't have to. I mean, if if you're going to play, then you need to do the thing. Like you know, so they were out there balling. They was out there missing. Let's point blank. They was out there getting whooped, especially yeah. down the stretch in games. Mm-hmm. They got up. They were talking wild stuff. I mean, it wasn't wasn't it didn't take away from them, you know, all their shit talking because they were talking wild shit once action got underway. That's true. Uh, heavy That's shit. True. Okay, and they went through. That was just that that you know that whole situation was through the only what the beginning of the first round, or you know beginning middle beginning or middle of the first round. So, you know, it wasn't like that was during the series um, that they what they beat the the Mavericks. We're at the very beginning of it, right? So, nah. Once you got to the Nuggets, you had a 3-1 lead. All that is back in the past. Y'all was talking wild shit to the Nuggets, trying to muscle them, and then y'all just got handled. I mean, it's just, to me, that's just real simple. They just got handled. He stayed too long with Montrez Harrell, small, small yeah. behind on the floor. Yeah. Okay, and so that's his fault. That's mm-hmm. that's that's Rivers' fault. Oh, yeah. You got to live with that. Yeah. Um. Instead of playing with Zubats, and apparently that was one of the players' issues, is that why are you playing? Like, no disrespect to Montrez. Montrez our guy, but why are you not playing Zubats? <laughs> Zubats out here hooping. So, and that's kind of another thing when we talk about Steve Ballmer. He doesn't know a lot about basketball, but as you know, a successful businessman, he knows how to be resourceful. So. A lot of what went into his decision was like talking with the team consultant, Jerry West. And kind of what Jerry West came back to Steve Ballmer with, you know, after the Denver series was over was like, 
you know, why is there a lack of leadership? Why are there chemistry issues? Why aren't guys enthusiastic to play ball, to win a championship, to get to the finals? And, you know, he talked to Doc about those issues and they really couldn't come to like a common idea of why those things took place. So to him, that seemed like Doc didn't have a clear vision for how to fix those issues in the future, in next season, and season after that. Right. So I kind of see his side of it was like, Doc's like, hey, man, I need another year. And Bomber's like, well, you don't even know how to fix the issues that were going on this year. So, okay, that makes sense. Well, I guess my argument against that is what exactly was Bomber fixing to do? Like, what's he going to do now? Because now that's his job. Well, right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> you know, so you're going to get a, a coach that's, I mean, unless you're going to get Tyron Lowe and just elevate him. Which could be a could be a good idea. Yeah. But I, and now that now you shift that if you're saying that it's not you're not the guy, now it's not about the next coach. It's on to you now. That's right. It's your team. So now you have to fix whatever the issue is. You can't just be like, if I'm a coach and I see the situation with Doc. Doc's a universally known, uh, respected dude. If I'm a person that's from the outside of the organization, the first thing I'm asking, I'm looking at Bomber like, what's popping? What's really good over here? You, How are you going to let go of this guy because of a series? Mm-hmm. Right. Where you're, the players weren't doing, were, had to take up 90% of the blame. Like, what are we? Okay, so is that how this is going to work? So even if it's the player's fault, you're just going to like push me? No, I'm not going to mess up my career. So I can be kind of strung along so you can find the right wrong coach to coach your, your team that you've, you know, come down from your perch. You don't know nothing about basketball. And now you're going to be sitting here and yeah. be like, oh, well, you're not doing the job. Like, get the hell out of my face. I'll interview <laughs> <And> somewhere else. <laughs> and that's the thing, Karan. It's like Doc was absolutely right that these guys needed a couple of years. Right. And the fact of the matter is you traded for Paul George and gave up all your draft picks, you gave up a chance to sign a lot of free agents by signing Kawhi. You spent, mm-hmm. I don't know, $400 million, $450 million, whatever it was, to, to, to buy and renovate the forum. So, like, you got these two marquee guys and you don't have a coach. You spent a lot of your, you know, cash. So, if you don't get it done next year, then what are you going to do? Right. Now you're stuck without a good coach a good eye for talent as the head of your basketball operations. So now you spent all this money, you've blown through all your resources <laughs> and these guys are on the down t- downturn of their career are starting to trend downward, especially yeah. with injuries and Paul shoulders, you know, all that stuff. So like, it just doesn't make sense to not give it one more year. Like it just doesn't make sense. That's really didn't. Probably in it the really next didn't. Ten years. So, with all that being said, there had to be people that were trying to talk him out of it, right? But at this point, you know, did he overrule them, or was he, or or was someone in his ear, basically, uh, saying, "Look, it's it's not going to happen with Pop." I mean, with uh, Doc. Could have and, been Jerry West. And, and, and you would think it would have to be Jerry West because, you know, who, who would you trust more? That's why he's there. You know what I mean? Well, two people, two people, Jerry West 
and um, Lawrence Frank and Uncle Lawrence Dennis. Frank. Yeah. Oh, and Uncle. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just ain't nobody. I heard those all the memes but, going around. <laughs> so yeah, this was just crazy. But Lawrence Frank is like he was the pretty much Doc's assistant mm-hmm. and um, former head coach. But he's a front office guy. He's been a front office guy, kind of in and out of that front office coach position, kind of flip-flopping. Um, but obviously, he's a guy that Doc trusted. He brought him to uh, the Clippers. And so he's been helping them with the – so so on that end, with personnel, Doc was a good – he had a really good eye for for personnel and, and for talent. Mm-hmm. So evaluating talent, of course, that's also Lawrence Frank's job, but – Doc was pretty good at this. So that's going to be one less mind in the room where you're kind of right. assessing talent. But also you do, again, like you, like y'all, you both said, Jerry West, he's the ultimate uh, um, as far as kind of looking at, you know, talent and looking at future prospects of, of yeah. players around and the league. Teams, so yeah. building teams. So, I mean, he knows what he's doing. If he's, if he's just taking Jerry West's word just and just being like, hey Jerry, what do you think of Doc? And Jerry's just like, I don't know. <laughs> then maybe that's what it was. That's all it takes. Perhaps yeah. that's all it all it takes. Maybe and I don't know. And to Karan's point, you know, Bomber, he also talked to PD and Kawhi. And it sounds like they were kind of on Doc's side, but he just he just kind of took their advice at face value. Like, all right, that's how you feel. Okay, cool. That doesn't really go into my decision, but I just want to talk with you about it. Yeah, and how much are you going to get out of those guys anyway? Nothing. I mean, they know good coaching. Mm, do they? I mean, I mean, Kawhi played for first. Kawhi's walked out of so many good situations. I don't know what uh, he really has. He's yeah, walked out of two consecutive incredible really situations, situations. <laughs> <laughs> and money so, like he's he's just walking away from he's just walking it's very interesting <laughs> he's gonna walk alone on Kawhi's, a road <laughs> Kawhi's part in all of this is the most curious thing because he is not going to be blamed like very much publicly for any of this and it's more his fault <laughs> than anybody like I, that's that's the what's very intriguing to me yeah is that he is just going to roll off of Kawhi because the expectation of Kawhi isn't at the same level is of some a handful of other players yeah. that's just a fact that that is a plain out fact because he is just not people need to wrap their heads around the fact that Kawhi is not that same he's not a dude that you're gonna look at like some of these other players, I'm not going to run out players that he's better or worse than, but his skill set is he's a great mid-range guy. He's a great defender. He is not going to help you in the locker room. Period. That's just people need to get over that. You need people just need to, I, get, I, I need to too. I need to just get over. That's probably not something he's going to do. He's not that guy. He's kind of a, he's not. I think there was something you said. He's a mercenary. He's just all, there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He enjoys playing basketball. He goes out there and pl- hoops. He doesn't really, he wants to play at home, so he came to L.A. He had a great situation in San Antonio that, for a team that would have done anything for him and did do anything for him. They did. Um, that needs anything. to be said. They, they were okay. doing whatever. They were doing and everything he, he needed and wanted, and he was basically talked out of that situation like San Antonio was just, just the devil, yeah. which 
you know, and of course in hindsight, now you see that nobody, you know, it's not like that's a one-off situation because it was just Kawhi and his uncle. And then he goes to Toronto, a situation he should have stayed at for at least one more year, a perfect situation for his talent. He didn't have to be the vocal leader because they already had one. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He leaves that situation like he's big shit. Let's let's keep it real. He left that situation thinking he and, and for the moment he had all this leverage in the world. And then he came to the to the Clippers. In in real time, he did. I mean, you, you can't. He did. Yeah. he did. He did. He did. He did. He had all the leverage in the world. It it would, you know. But then he put himself in kind of a situation to where okay, well now I have to do this thing and be this guy. And he was not that thing or that guy at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. So, but you make a good point. Like, like he's, he's just kind of skates past being accountable, you know? Well, again, though, because again, it goes back to the relative expectation of that player. Mm-hmm. If people are really honest with themselves about Kawhi, he is no, people be like, oh, he's better. You know, I, I even think I've made the mistake when that, oh, he's better than LeBron James right now. Mm. And that was a mistake. In hindsight, me saying that was a mistake. You know, I was prisoner of the moment, and I admit that I was wrong. No, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, not even on the same. I mean, he's Kawhi is a very, he's a great player. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's awesome. For what he is, he's an awesome player, and I would want him on my team. But he's not going to lead my team. <laughs> Under no circumstances, he's going to lead my team anywhere. That's not how that is going to work. He can be as my best player as the leader. He's not going to lead my team. I'm, not, I'm just – I don't want that. I don't hey, need that. Can I throw a little gas on this fire right quick before we move on? Sure. Uh-oh. What if – Oh, boy. What if Greg Popovich wants to coach the Clippers? You know what? You're trying to lure him to New York and all these other places. What if he just, all right, I'll coach the Clippers. That's spicy. Oh, man. You know what? That'd be interesting to see. That'd be interesting. I'd be intrigued. I'd be honest with you. I'd be intrigued. Uncle Dennis will have a heart attack, though. Yeah. (laughs) I tell you what, man. They're favorites again. Yeah, oh, if they have pop, happens. yeah. And he brings his staff, of course. I mean, this and the thing about Kawhi, and just be and because me and we've watched it in real time. We saw him basically go from uh, just a long, athletic guy that has a lot of upside, and then Pop is the one who molded him like fucking cookie dough, and like he made him into the scorer he was, and he made made him aggressive. And he had to get after his ass. He he yelled, maybe a, s- second to Tony Parker. I've never seen him yell more at a player than he did Kawhi. And it's and but he he got so much out of him. And he's there's so many times where he's like, y- you are shooting the ball. You need to shoot the ball. Like you know, your your shooting percentages are are too great. Like you, they need to come down a little. <laughs> you know what I mean? We need some misses in here. Um, and so he. I feel like he he's like stuck in this state of arrested development 
because he when he left when he left when he left and he could have matured even more or further into maybe the leader Quran's talking about or or whatever you know it's not necessarily just a dna thing it's it's like something you learn to do like tim duncan learned to do and you know other players who aren't your 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 uh your talkative fiery leader type but they lead in their own ways you know what i mean right. no right um so yeah i mean if popovich went to the clippers man i mean it he'd probably just look he'd look at this and say okay we don't need this we don't need this we do need this oh we got this okay i mean i i i'd have to agree i, I think that'd be a good situation for them um i don't see it happening but Thanks for bringing that up, Darren. That's great. Um, <laughs> all right. Oh, that's great. So we got the NBA Finals. And for some weird reason, I feel like there isn't a whole lot to talk about here. <laughs> I mean, um, we're talking about a red-hot Lakers team who, if they play the way they've been playing – this is a quick series. I mean, uh, they're just able to kind of, they took a lot of fire from Denver. Like they were able to get into these games and make some games out of some of them. Now there was little things like little bugaboo things like foul trouble that the Nuggets had to deal with and little things that they couldn't really use you know, as far as like their best weapons or tools at certain times, but the Lakers kept them at bay, man. Like they were just kind of like just stopping out whatever fire they would see emerge, you know? So, and I, I love this heat team. I love watching them. Um, and they do have a lot to account for, you know, if, if you're playing against them, but um, if the Lakers can kind of just, keep whatever identity they've come up with. I mean, it's, I, I can't pick against them. I mean, it's just like, uh, they, they got here doing what they're doing and it's, it doesn't look right to me. Uh, the personnel still doesn't look right to me, but it's happening in front of my eyes and I don't know how, how else to look at it. So I got just, I'm go ahead, put my pick out there. We got Lakers in five. Oof. Man, a little slow spice on that. <laughs> I mean, I, I I tend to agree. I think I would give the Heat one more game. I think there's just generally speaking, there's gonna be a game where they play exceptionally well across the board, play above play above their talent, play above their numbers, play above their disadvantages by position. And, and they'll pull out one game that they probably shouldn't win. Um, I think if Goran Dragas can kind of continue to play at the level he's been playing at, he's probably one of their only matchups that works when Rondo's not on floor. Sure. Rondo's probably not going to play heavy minutes. So if he continues to play how he's been playing, getting to the rim, knocking down shots, that's, a, that's probably the one clear advantage for them when the ball's tipped with start lineups on the floor. Um, I think 
Bam is probably going to have a tough series going up against AD. It's going to obviously be the toughest matchup he's had this, this yeah. playoffs. Congratulations, uh, right? <laughs> right, yeah. And, I mean, he's played against Giannis, but this is going to be a whole different situation because Giannis is usually playing from the from the three-point line out, and, you know, AD is going to play with his back to the basket as much as he possibly can, and so is Dwight Howard. So he's going to have a really, really tough time. Um but for me, it's the Heat. It's the young guys. It's the shooters. It's Hero and it's um, uh, Duncan Robinson. Robinson. Like, can they still shoot 40, 45%? Like, they have been. Yeah. That's a huge, huge, huge thing. Because as you slow down the Lakers, if you're knocking down shots like that at that percentage, then you're taking them out of transition. And what the Lakers do best is in transition is get get points in the paint. Like, they get points in the restricted area. They get about 40, paint, 40 points in the restricted area per That's game. Good, good stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, to put it very in general terms, the Heat have to shoot very well, very consistently. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't think it's impossible. They've done it. They're playing against the best defense they've played against. So you expect those numbers to dip a little bit. Yeah. But – if they dip a little bit, they can still win ball games. They just don't have anybody for AD and Braun, which nobody does. But, you know, that's just kind of – that's just what you're looking at. That's just what it is. That's, that's not going to change. Um, but I still see them getting at least two games. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to give the, the Heat two games. I'm going to say that – the Lakers go three one, and then let's say the the Heat catch another one, and then they close out. So, kind of that scenario. I think they'll they'll have it in hand fairly early. It's just I look at the the their rosters, and the Lakers are just a little bit bigger. And in two specific situations, they're just going to be significantly better than the than the player. I want to say AD is not significantly better than Bam Adebayo. That's not true. But I think uh, he is point. better than Bam Adebayo. Right, but he is better than Bam. I mean, he's, he's definitely better than Bam Adebayo. Yeah. But, and then there is nobody. They don't have anybody on their team that's going to be able to stop LeBron James doing from doing anything, honestly. And we've said that um, in every series. I mean, it's just – that's going to be really, really tough for – because it's just like you, they'll just switch unless they, you know, you can't really build the wall. The Nuggets try to do a little bit of that. And then they just put LeBron in the middle or he would get the, off the top of the key and he would dribble around the pick and then he would get inside of the key. And now you're in trouble because now he's in, in your teeth of your defense and there's nothing you can do about that. He's going to do the same thing. Um, and I think there's going to be less length on the floor. That's the other part. The, the Nuggets had a lot of length. Yeah. Like, even if they weren't tall, they were very long and reachy, and they were getting steals. You got people like Jeremy Grant, Torrey yeah. Craig, um, even to some extent Paul Millsap, even though he's kind of an undersized power forward, long arms, mm-hmm. um, crafty. So I, I feel like the Nuggets were, in a way, they're like – I mean – the way they play and share is like Miami does it, except Denver was better 
than Miami at doing what they do. So, so. there's more personnel. Well, it's more players. It's just hey, the Nuggets have more to offer than the than Miami does. But one thing um, I want to ask you about that, and it's something that we haven't really accounted for and we haven't talked about because it's very specific to this matchup. Uh-huh. Like, do you think Spolstra has a very specific strategy for LeBron? Because yeah, I don't think sure. it matters. I don't think it matters. I don't think it's going to make a difference at all. Because LeBron will be able to, he's just going to sit back in that first game and figure out what it is you're going to do. That's true. And then it's going to be over. Like, there's, I don't, I'm almost convinced there's nothing you can do. There's not a team that's currently playing in full health um, that can stop LeBron from doing whatever he wants to do. He's not he's that just player. Too, like, maybe he's too talented. Yeah. Well, it's, well, yeah, he's, he's, he's smart. Be, yeah. He's beyond the talent now. Like, I think right. it may be. You know, the first year he was with the Heat, you could throw things at him and, you know, kind of like get him off of his, right. you know, rhythm or make him think twice. And But not, those days are over, man. I mean, it's Way like, over. like he can literally coach a team if he needs to. I mean. Right. It's just kind of like that. If he needs that. a bucket, he, he can get the bucket he needs. I mean, it's, it's I mean, the guy who's going to be on him probably is going to be a lot of Jay Crowder. Obviously, yeah. a lot of Andre Iguodala, a yeah. lot of um, you know, so it'll be three Jimmy at times, but that's, that, and that's not bad. That's not bad at all. It's not bad. It's not bad. And Iguodala has done a pretty decent job on LeBron. But this yeah. is a different team. This is a mm-hmm. different setup. This is not, um, you know, especially when Kyrie left and it was just LeBron, and you have to, you stick LeBron, you know. And you're blowing the, the Cavaliers out because they don't have any talent on their team. It's just LeBron and these guys. It's entirely different now. It's a different team. This is a whole different setup. Andre is older. Yeah. Bron is older, and he's way bigger and stronger than Andre. So I don't. I don't. I just <laughs> don't. I think it's Lakers in five. I just. I, I was gonna say six, but I'm, a, I'm, I'm talking myself back down to five. <laughs> well, see, my thing I'm thinking about now is we're kind of talking about this a little bit more. Is like the Heat have gone through, you know, three series where they've played zone, and now they're probably gonna have to play man. So now I'm kind of thinking like the shooting percentages are gonna drop just based on that, because they're just working harder on defense. Well, the Heat, yeah. the Heat can I just can do multiple things. I mean, like they're. They don't have to stick to a thing. I think they're Spolstra has got, you know, he can make adjustments if he needs to. And what they've been doing has been working. Now, the, the thing that where, where my head goes, and you can talk to me in a couple of days, but if the Heat end up getting two, I'm starting to think the Heat is looking like they can pull an upset. So and then that's why I only give them one because – if he get to do what they do and they can pull off two, I'm a little worried about that if I'm the Lakers. Well, I, you know, we've talked about this a little bit offline, and I know Karan has a, a, a uh, some thoughts about this, but if the Heat do come out and play that 2-3 zone for most of the game, I mean, they have doing it and they haven't really deviated from it much at all. Uh I, I don't know if it works, but by chance it does. Yeah, then then the Lakers are looking at some problems. I again that that's a that's a long shot that it works, but 
I, I think it's something that they, they're, they're probably going to stick to. I, I just don't see them throwing three bodies at LeBron playing AD straight up. Like, I just don't. If I'm them, I'd rather take my chances with the zone than try and play those two guys straight up. Yeah. I, I think he, you kind of let LeBron and AD just kill you, like, as much as they can. And then, I, yeah, I, I, I'm starting to think like you now. I think that's something. Nah, <laughs> I just, I just, I can't see it. I can't see it. I just don't think the boys. I, it's a great team. I just don't think it's just. I mean, it's just gonna be so hard. Yeah. They're gonna be stretched so thin early. Like it's, not, you know, they're gonna have to hit everything. And when I say hit everything, I mean they're gonna have to hit. Lakers do a great job of closing out. If they're gonna have to hit consistently with a hand in their face, somebody running at them. Who is Duncan Robinson going to guard? It's a lot. Who is Tyra Hero fixing the guard? Like, if he switched on to LeBron, who – I mean, how – they're going to be in such great hazards in large parts of their game. I mean, just on Hero and Robinson – they're going to present such – it's going to be such a problem. <laughs> it's going to be such a problem defensively. Just They just – I'm attacking those two guys immediately. And I'm putting them on the same side on the court. I'm switching them so they're on the same side and I'm destroying them. Yeah, to yeah. potentially have that scoring on the floor, you lose so much defensively. Man, yeah. that's going to be tough. I, I think one thing that's kind of been consistent, um, which I don't know, I tend to look at these games sometimes just on a very macro level. And uh, if if you're looking at t- the two best players on the court are still on the same team, that's, that's tough. You know, because in some of these great matchups, you say the one and two would be one guy from each team, you know, but um, yeah, LeBron and AD, they, they've just been – They've been who they are, right? So AD's kind of come out of a shell. I don't think I've ever seen him play, you know, just this hungry and consistent. Um, I mean, he's he's definitely had some good playoff moments, but, like, he's finishing games now, and he's doing all these little things that you see champions do, you know. Uh, yeah. The Heat – in theory, I can see I can see scenarios where they can be right in the mix, you know. Um, but just for continuation's sake, if the Lakers keep showing up like they have, you know, you got to give them the edge. I think it's just as simple as that. Yeah, and I think the one thing that we really haven't talked about specifically because we really haven't had to is that LeBron knows. Yeah. That this- this is this is going to be his best opportunity within the next, you know, two, three seasons, however long he decides to play, for him to get that fourth ring and to get that finals MVP. Yeah. Like, he knows this is it. Like, if anybody knows how hard it is to get to the finals and how much harder it is to get to the finals and actually win, he is the one player in NBA history who knows that better than anybody else. He is not going to let that team lose. Yeah. He's just not. And I think that's what we've been seeing. Um, 
So LeBron, he's probably going to have one of those signature games in this series. But AD will be the finals MVP. That's a good prediction. Yeah. He should play well. Yeah. Because once you get past Bam, who do you go to? Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing after Bam. That's the other part of it, too. There's nothing after Bam. Kelly Olenek? Olenek, no, that's, yeah, that's, 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 I'm talking cash shit in front of Kelly Olenek's face. <laughs> well, that's, that's what's made this whole thing work, is that LeBron doesn't have to, you know, be Cleveland LeBron anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he gets to let the game come to him and find get others involved. And, you know, when he's needed, he can show up. But with AD at, by his side, he's... He, AD's the better player at this point. And that's that's kind of what LeBron's needed, especially if he wants to, you know, if he wants more longevity in his career, you know. So Yeah, he has to. Yeah, that has I think LeBron playing for it. That's what he went with Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And I, I think he, he could see it. He could see it. Like I'm not gonna be as good as I am right now. And I, I, I think need that's, somebody who's who I can transition to be B. I can be player B. Yeah, and I think that's why they were trying so hard to link him with Kawhi originally because yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. that would have been the perfect guy to just to say hey man go out there do what you do i got your back and that's you know that's all i need to do but uh right so yeah um man we're about 30 minutes eh, probably a little bit more than about 40 off. minutes from tip off yeah God, so this will this will be just uh we're just kind of predicting right now and then we'll get the, we'll Next time we come back, we'll break down all the good shit, what we saw, what what happened, and um, we'll talk some of some of LeBron's legacy talk, you know, like everybody wants to do. Um, We'll have some some high level stats and high level shit talking. Yeah, it's that's gonna be probably a nice long episode. So (laughs) we'll come back for that, and uh, everyone, hope you're excited as we are, and enjoy. Peace. peace. All right, peace. Hey,